San Francisco, California with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik. I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's modern and data-driven, but also insightful and easily digestible and easy for everyone to understand. To subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball, you can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Giants Baseball. Coming up on today's show, in the first segment, we're going to talk about last night's, or I should say yesterday's, 3-1 to loss to the Padres, the Giants losing another series that they had a chance to win. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to do a second part of our lessons in small sample size and kind of just check back in on some of those early conclusions that were drawn by some analysts. And we're also going to talk about some trends in the, in the statistics, the team-wide statistics for the San Francisco Giants now that they have played 13 games on the season. But first, the game notes for the Giants from yesterday's 3-1 to loss to the Padres. So the first note is about Derek Rodriguez, who pitched well. He went seven innings and gave up two runs, one of which was a solo homer given up to Manny Machado. But the interesting thing about Rodriguez, and we haven't really gotten into this on this show, we have talked about it a little bit, is that last year he had the fantastic 2.81 earned run average, but As we have discussed so many times, we talk about peripherals on this show, and he is a guy who managed to greatly outperform the peripheral numbers, meaning the suggestive numbers, based on strikeouts, walks, home runs, what you would expect his earned run average to be. Those numbers were more like four or even higher. And so what does that mean? It means as an analyst, you might be a little bit skeptical about the high-level performance that we saw from Derek Rodriguez last season. And the only reason I'm mentioning that now is because on the season, it's only 17 innings, but the ERA for Derek Rodriguez through three starts is 4.15. So last year he had the 2.81 earned run average, but again, the peripheral numbers suggested something more like a four or a little bit higher. And sure enough, he finds himself at a 4.15 ERA. So is it possible that he could revert back to being his old self of last year and continue to outperform the peripherals? Of course it is possible. Someone like Matt Cain made an entire career out of outperforming those peripheral numbers. So they're not. it's not always the case. And if you're somebody who can induce a lot of weak contact, you can outperform your strikeout rate and your walk rate and your home run rate. But more often than not, it doesn't happen. And so I guess we're just throwing a little bit of cold water. I don't want to be overly critical. In terms of just evaluating performance, there were some red flags last season. And so far in the early, very early going, which again, we're not going to read too much into his three starts, but those peripheral numbers last year are something we should definitely pay attention to. And at least so far this year, 
we're seeing results that kind of more like matched those peripherals instead of matching last season's ERA. So the second note is that there was a key error by Evan Longoria on a sacrifice bunt by the pitcher. And actually, it wasn't really a key error, but it just kind of sparked this uh, reaction of, you know, Evan Longoria has not performed up to expectations with the Giants so far. And actually, Pablo Sandoval is one of the few Giants hitters who has actually done well this season. He has a 156 weighted runs created plus, meaning he's been 56% above average offensively compared to the rest of the National League. But the thing about that is that he's doing it with an unsustainable batting average on balls in play of 500. So I don't know if it's time yet to start suggesting that Pablo Sandoval get some starts at third base, but Evan Longoria continues to have issues with uh, offensive issues where his plate discipline has been in decline. And last season, he had an on-base percentage of 281. And this year so far through you know a couple of weeks, his on-base percentage is just 204. Of course, again, we're not reading too much into the small sample, but the alarming thing is that the walk rate is just 2%. So for his career, Longoria has been walking almost 9% of the time. But then last year with the Giants, it was just 4.3%. And this year so far, it's been just 2%. So walk rate is actually something for a batter that stabilizes rather quickly in a season. Not, I wouldn't say 13 games, but it's something that after you know a month or so, you can kind of read into how often a player is walking, and you know half a month has gone by, and and we're not seeing any signs of improvement for Longoria in that category. He's just swinging at everything, not being disciplined, and that's what happened last year, and it's what led to him being well below average offensively. And there's not a ton of reason to believe that that won't continue based on what we're seeing here. So. That's kind of going to be part of the second segment when we talk about some of those early statements that were made about Longoria being the best and most dangerous hitter on the Giants. So another note here is that Pilar continued to stay hot against left-handed pitching. He hit a home run off the starting pitcher that tied the game at 1-1. to Unfortunately for the Giants, that was the, all the offense they were able to muster despite getting Several guys on base in this game, they weren't able to push across any more runs other than the Pilar home run. And so Pilar going off against left-handed pitching is a good sign. I think it's hard to say that this Giants roster is not better than last year's roster. They just have much greater depth and they have an ability to mix and match and get better matchups than they've gotten in the past. Like, no offense to Kelby Tomlinson or guys like that, but he was not much of a threat off the bench. And when he had to come in as a starter to give somebody a day off, it was a big drop off offensively. But now with Kevin Pillar and Tyler Austin, they have some guys who can actually be pretty good against left-handed pitching. And then Pillar also adds the element of his base running and defense and speed. So I think that despite their bad record, the Giants do have improved depth. And I think over time, we're going to see these matchups kind of lead to more runs and come to fruition a little bit better than what we've seen so far. Another note here is that Derek Holland, for the second time in a few days, I think, uh, pinch ran. And I think that that's a good thing. They have a small bench and someone like Pablo Sandoval, maybe even Buster Posey in a key situation where they've used up their bench or they don't want to burn somebody 
as a pinch runner when they need them maybe later as a pinch hitter. It's good to be able to use one of your starting pitchers as a pinch runner in those spots because you don't want someone like Sandoval not scoring on a potentially huge hit because the speed is just not there. So you do see that with other teams like the Cubs and the Dodgers. They're willing to just use one of their more athletic pitchers to pinch run, and it definitely saves your bench a little bit. So I'm glad to see that the Giants are doing that. Holland even kind of aggressively tagged up on a one-out sacrifice fly going from second to third where he had to slide in and just beat the throw. So the final note from this game is that Will Smith finally gave up a run. It was a big insurance run in the ninth inning for the Padres. However, I will still continue to say that until proven otherwise, Will Smith is the best reliever on the San Francisco Giants. He has had sparkling results in terms of the ERA with peripherals to match. And last year, he was one of the best relievers in the National League when he was on the mound. So he continues to be a guy who might be the biggest trade piece that the Giants have. And I would be very surprised if at some point this season, Will Smith is not traded. And it might even get a pretty decent return because relievers are in high demand. They can influence a postseason more than an offensive player because you can use them aggressively and use them to great effect. If you have a lead in the seventh inning, whatever it may be, bring in Will Smith for two innings. That is of huge value to a team that's missing that type of piece and plans on being in the postseason. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Giants Baseball. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to check in on our earlier discussion of lessons in small sample sizes. We're also going to talk about a curious trend with Joe Panic and some overall trends with the numbers for the San Francisco Giants through a couple of weeks here in the young season. So that's all coming up next, but first... We talk about baseball performance all the time on this show, but what about performance in the bedroom? That's right, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same active FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. They can be taken anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Yes, I actually know someone who has tried this product and they have extremely positive things to report about its effectiveness. The best part about Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no more visit to the doctor's office, waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness around this topic. Blue Chew is made in the United States and prepares and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit www.bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it. It's free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, so as promised, we're going to talk about the, we're going to check in on some of the lessons in small sample sizes, examples that we gave after a couple of games in the season. So there was some reporting about, you know, drawing conclusions about offensive 
performers and pitchers for the San Francisco Giants based on a couple of games early in the season. And we came on and we're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. I don't think you can make any conclusive statements about baseball players after a couple of games. It just does not work that way. So we're going to check in. There was a lot of talk about Steven Duggar and how he looked like potentially the best offensive player on the Giants. He was going to lead the team in war. And he very well could, but I don't think you could have based it off of that week. I know he looked pretty good and he was lining singles all over the place, but he also was doing it with a very unsustainable average on balls in play that was up around 500. Nobody ever is like very much higher than 350, and that's the highest end of that stat. So just a couple more games go by, and that number for Duggar went down from around 500 to a very much more reasonable 280. Now you would expect it to come up a little bit. That's on the low end. But overall, the slash line now is a 204 batting average, a 231 on base, and a 347 slugging. So those are dismal offensive numbers. And I'm, again, not going to read too much into that either. You kind of combine the two. He's been bad and he's been good. And overall, it's actually been more bad than good offensively. But all that talk was premature and so it just every year this happens and every year we don't learn our lesson that we cannot draw conclusions based on a few games and that's all fine and good but specifically looking at Steven Duggar what's concerning is that he's only walking 1.9% of the time and he's been striking out 32.7% of the time so that's a high strikeout rate and that's a obviously very low walk rate and he's somebody who in the minors was good at drawing walks but he does project to strike out around 30 percent of the time he struck out a lot in the minors as well so if he's striking out that much it's a it's a concern and the overall line is a bit of a concern and so his defense could carry him and he could be a solid player but again I just think that all that conclusive stuff was just too soon and we still don't really know what Steven Duggar is going to be in his career. He's batted only 204 times, and he's been about 25% below average offensively. So time will tell what he'll become. We still don't really know if he's somebody who needs to sit against left-handed pitching. They're certainly not doing that right now. They're just letting him go out there no matter what. But you know the, the overall numbers aren't good, and so we'll continue to watch and see what happens with him. I'm definitely a fan of the defense, but we'll have to see what happens with the bat. Another thing that we wanted to do was say that Joe Panic had this unbelievable spring training, and how exciting, and let's all believe that Joe Panic is going to have a great start to the regular season because of the excellent spring training. But it has not at all translated, and we should not be at all surprised. Joe Panic is batting 192. He does have an astoundingly high 344 on base percentage. It's astoundingly high considering the batting average is under 200, but the slugging percentage is 231, which is dreadful as well. So overall, he's been 30% below average offensively. And, you know, a, it's a good sign that his walk rate is 15.6%. And again, I said that's something that stabilizes more quickly. I'm not saying I expect 15% walks, but last year it was only 6.6%. So it might be safe to say that he's probably going to best that this season. One last small point to mention about the Giants so far this season, and this is something that happened last year as well, and it's a little bit of a nitpick by me, but it's something that is interesting and worth discussing. It's that the Giants' best reliever is probably Will Smith. Tony Watson is very arguably one of their top 
three or two relief pitchers as well. But the the thing is, is that, you know, when you look at the relief pitchers and who's throwing the most innings, this happened last year as well. The best relievers on the Giants are not close to the top of the leaderboards for innings pitched. Will Smith has only thrown four innings. Tony Watson has only thrown three and two-thirds innings, and the leaders on the Giants have thrown over six. And I know we're talking about like four versus six, but it's kind of a big deal, and it hasn't burned them at all because the bullpen has been really strong in terms of run prevention, and I get it. It's because they have not been winning a lot of games. They're often losing late in the game, and they don't want to use their better relievers. But if you're not using them and you're not winning consistently, it's almost like if it's a close game and you're losing three to one or two to one, you might want to see those guys get out there. And we did actually see that yesterday where Will Smith pitched, Reyes Maranta pitched, and they were losing. But I would like to see more of that. And it's something that there's value in keeping that score the same and not allowing extra runs to come in. It it hurts your chances of winning. So Bochi historically has been very good with managing his bullpen. So I'm not trying to come on here and be overly critical of that. But I also think that on some teams that are really plugged in analytically you do see their best relievers throw even if they're losing more often than what we've seen historically with the Giants these last few seasons 